0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Luke is referencing back to the Old Testament. He's referencing back to the the Messianic prophecy. He's referencing back to the, to the, uh, the prophesied redemptive plan of God. And he's going to show in this gospel how that Jesus is the fulfillment of those prophecies. I want you to know what's been fulfilled among us. It's been prophesied for thousands of years that a Messiah was coming. Theophilus, I want you to have a solid record that shows you that Jesus is that fulfillment. He's going to cement what Theophilus has already been learning by giving him a well-researched, documented account. How does he do that? Well, he begins with John the Baptist. And we're going to take time to look at that, but not today. He begins with John the Baptist, and he shows how John the Baptist is actually the fulfillment of, of the prophecy that was made in Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5, that the Messiah would have a forerunner. There would be an individual who would come into the scene of humanity that would go before the actual Messiah and would prepare the way for the Messiah to begin his ministry. So he begins there. And he shows how John the Baptist is that fulfillment. Then he turns his attention to Jesus himself. And the prophecy that was given back in Isaiah 7:14 that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And he shows how Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy. He then turns to the life and work of Jesus. And it begins to highlight his teaching, his miracles, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. Luke wants to help Theophilus see how God's messianic plan, announced in the Old Testament, has been accomplished in the life and ministry of Jesus. And Luke states, with absolute clarity, why? That you may have certainty. That's important, that you may have certainty. Concerning the things you have been taught. I have one truth point today. You know many times I have five or six. Today I've got one. But it's an important one. And I want you to get it. So I'm going to slow way down. Christianity is not based on blind faith. In other words, Christianity is not about you believe something because somebody who seems authoritative told you to believe it. That's, that's not what it's about. That's not what Christ wants. That's not what God expects. He, he doesn't expect you just to accept what I tell you. Or what some other pastor or some other priest or some other religious person tells you. Christianity is not about blind faith. It is built on real-time, observed, documented facts. And so, we are asked to believe what is real, not just what is made up. And Luke is going to go to great lengths to ensure that what he hands over to this one man, Theophilus, can be shown to be real. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a bunch of religious guys sitting in a room smoking cigars and trying to figure out what's the best thing to put down on a piece of paper to get a whole bunch of people to gather together and give their money and and help them to have a rich life. That's not what this is. This is about people who saw, who touched, who spoke, who were healed, who were even raised from the dead. These are people who know. This is a woman who did not know a man and gave birth to a guy called Jesus. And he's going to present this well-documented account. You see, Theophilus is probably already a believer. And he's probably been getting taught by some well-meaning brothers and sisters. But Luke is recognizing the need to have something that is more scholarly. And so having access to the apostles having access to Paul who had received untold revelation by the Holy Spirit, having access even to Mary, Jesus' mother in the flesh, he's going to now give Theophilus a substantive documentation that will allow his faith, which is already present, to grow strong and confident. Now, you know, I said that he wrote to an audience of one. It's interesting how Luke, it's clear, it's clear. His intention was to write to Theophilus, That's it. I'm, I'm giving this to you, Theophilus, to help you to be your discipler. But it's interesting how the Holy Spirit had a bigger plan in mind. See, the Holy Spirit didn't want to just give Theophilus a well-reasoned account. He wanted to give the world a well-reasoned account, a well-documented accounting. And there's a little lesson in that for us. Are you listening? I don't know if you are or aren't if you don't respond to me. Sometimes we think that we're doing A. Like, like Luke. A. I'm giving Theophilus a well-documented account. While God is actually doing B. Hmm? yeah, you're doing that, Luke, but I'm going to take it and multiply it. And that's something for all of us to think about. Sometimes we think that all we're doing is this little thing over here, and we don't see the bigger picture that God's going to do something grander and bigger with it. And that's why faithfulness, listen to me now. This is not in my script up here. This is why faithfulness in the small things is important. Because you never know when that small thing that you don't give much credence to, much you don't think much of it, might be something God is about to promote. Like, may I use Greg Stearns's "Because of the Gospel"? Greg, don't get a big head. We you know how to blow it out if you if you need us to. But you know, hey, I'm a, hey, Pastor Mike. What do you think about this for a sermon? Sermon, man, this is for the fall of the church. This is awesome, right? Small faithfulness here, God may turn out to use bigger. Well, I diverge to something else. This is why Luke wrote his gospel. Again, who did he write it to? Well, I've already told you. Theophilus. What do we know about Theophilus? Not a whole lot, but we know this little bit. We know, first of all, that this, these words, most excellent, that are found there in verse 3, is not Luke's way of pumping up Theo's ego. It's a title that is reserved for Gentile government officials. That then tells us something about Theophilus. Most likely, he is a Roman government official. He is a non-Jew. He's a non-Jew who has come to some measure of faith in Jesus, and he needs to be discipled so that he can grow to his potential. He needs discipling. Theophilus, By the way, and this is interesting, I didn't know this. Uh, Theophilus is not a name that would be common among Roman Gentiles. Theophilus actually is a compound word which means one of these three things. Loved by God, lover of God, friend of God. It's probably unlikely that a Roman set of parents would give their child that name. So it's believed that his real name is something different. That very likely Lockyer again says he, you know, he he makes a case that perhaps this Roman official took that name when he became a follower of Jesus. We do have good record in in the New Testament of people's names being changed after they become followers of Jesus, right? Saul becomes Paul. Now I'm not going to stake my salvation on that. I'm just saying that 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 that's. Something that is thought. So what you have here is you have in Luke a Gentile writing to another Gentile about a Jewish Messiah. Isn't that awesome? So Luke then, and here's where I really was going with this, here's what I want you to grab, is that Luke is the gospel that is uniquely suited for the Gentile mind. Now, all the gospels are good for us. And we need to read them and understand them from their perspective. But Luke is going to come at us with the life and ministry of Jesus from a perspective of the mindset of the non-Jew. I'm just curious, how many Gentiles do we have in the house? Do, do we have any who are non gentile any Jews in the house? Uh, one? One? Uh, who, who, where? Oh, fantastic. Awesome. In our small group, you guys weren't there Thursday night. In our small group, uh, one of our small group participants raised his hand and said, I'm Jewish. Was it .23 something? I don't know. Was, probably got it from Ancestry.com or something. I don't know. But, but cool. Yeah. But see, again, I, as I figured, we are a massively a group of Gentiles. I think we're going to benefit from the gospel that is designed For us, how is Jesus presented in Luke? By asking this question and answering it, I'm then forecasting some of what you can expect to hear as we move forward. Number one, Luke presents Jesus as uniquely, uniquely human. Uniquely human. Yes, he's God. Luke makes that clear too. But he also makes clear that, that Jesus is not God pretending to be human, but that Jesus is the Son of God who actually becomes human percent. He's not 50% God and 50% human. He is 100% deity and 100% humanity. He becomes a brand new thing that never existed before. God in flesh. The nature of divinity and the nature of humanity. Luke traces Jesus' lineage back to the very first man, Adam. In so doing, he shows that the full scope of humanity, since all come from Adam, are part of this Messiah's concern. Number two, he shows Jesus, he presents Jesus as uniquely compassionate. Uniquely compassionate. Uniquely compassionate toward humanity whose lives are trapped in the grip of sin and death. And we find that Jesus' compassion is really poured out upon those whom the culture of the day thought these kind of people are throwaways. In the culture of the day, women were more than marginalized. They were completely unrespected. Completely unrespected more sought, looked at as maybe a step or two above a slave. You find Jesus being very compassionate toward women. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Richmond Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.